0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Of course, listening as you do when I do the program. Of course, live from my hometown, the capital city of Georgia, of the ATL Atlanta. Of course, in this program, we talk sports from Atlanta and around the country. If you want to keep in touch with me and also about the program, you can do so on Facebook and Twitter at kevintaylor98. Oh, and let me not forget, you can also reach out to me on Instagram as well because I do post uh, pictures and videos up, so a lot of fun there on Instagram as well. And can you guess what my uh, Instagram name is? That's right, kevintaylor Taylor. (laughs) 98. Thank you so much for making Taylor Bay Sports your choice to get your sports news and information from Atlanta. Of course, in this program, we're going to have a lot of fun like we always do, and we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, the Atlanta Falcons, who are OTAs, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. They made some changes in their front office. They have a new general manager about what three weeks from the draft, so we're going to uh, talk about that. The Atlanta Braves, they're back home to start a four-game series against Philadelphia, the Atlanta Dream, and the Georgia Swarm. They're in the lacrosse championship, and they are already up one game to none in their series. So we're going to talk about that all on this jam-packed edition of TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. You'll also hear uh, comments from Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan. Also, Atlanta Hawks owner, Tony Wrestler, and new general manager, Ch- Travis Slink, and Erie Bayhawks general manager, Malik Rose, as he also used to be the, in the Atlanta Hawks organization. So, make sure that you stay close for that. So, let's get everything started with the NBA Finals in Atlanta, and hey, I'm proud of you. Atlanta is a basketball city, I'm watching it nationally, but locally and supporting the Hawks, uh, well, they have had some big crowds here recently. Yes, and in years past, within the past five years here, the Hawks have had big crowds to come to Phyllis Arena, no doubt about it. Um, but watching it on television, I, I don't think the ratings are that high uh, here regionally for Fox Sports and Fox Sports Southeast. But nationally, for the finals, Atlanta was sixth. Sixth uh, with the they had the sixth largest market for the NBA Finals viewing for Game two. So uh, Atlanta was very well represented for um, viewing. Of course, you know, you had the San Francisco area, Cleveland, um, you know, when the top two, I think actually it was Cleveland, they were first uh, for the ratings and San Francisco, I think was second, but either way it goes, of course, you know, that's, that's going to happen because you know, those are the top two markets to have the teams playing, but Atlanta was sixth, And I was very surprised by that, but uh, hopefully the Atlanta Hawks will be there next year and you'll see what I mean. But uh the NBA Finals, a lot of people are saying it's over after uh, Golden State is now taking a two games to none lead over the Cavaliers, but kind of sort of, maybe maybe not. the uh, uh, Warriors, the Cavaliers on Sunday night in game two to take a two games to none lead as they go to game three in Cleveland on Wednesday. Now in my opinion, there's no stopping Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant is playing basically uh, like he really wants their title. I mean, that's what he's doing. Uh, the Warriors win big, 132-113. Steve Kerr returned to the bench. And uh, like I said, the, the the Cavaliers have no answer for Kevin Durant. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant actually tag team and – They're basically running up and down the floor on the Cavaliers. That's what they're doing. Now, Curry recorded his first career postseason triple-double with 32 points, 11 dimes, and 12 rebounds. Dimes, when you hear the the, the phrase of dimes, just in case you don't know, it's assists. Durant contributed with 33 points, 13 boards, and six assists. So that's why he went to Golden State, because he really wants a ring. LeBron did it, of course, when he went from Cleveland to Miami, and now back to Cleveland. But Kevin Durant, he, he, he's a great player, no doubt about it. Now, when he first came into the league, he came into the league when Al Horford also came, in, came out of Florida, and I thought Al Horford was the better player. I thought Al Horford should have won Rookie of the Year, to be honest with you. I mean, because Al Horford was here in Atlanta, I saw him play more than Kevin Durant because that's when Kevin Durant was in Seattle. That was before the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City. But, I mean, he has really developed his all-around game. Golden State with the win improved to 14-0 this postseason, and now only two wins away from getting their second title in three years. But, of course, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the same thing happened last year. This is a different team. Steph Curry's health, healthy. You have Kevin Durant. They're running up and down. They're playing warrior style of basketball. Cavaliers just can't keep up. But LeBron James, he he did his thing. He had a triple-double with 29 points, 14 Assisted, he never rebounds, but uh, you got to have some help. Got to have some help. Cleveland just isn't deep enough to really uh, compete with Golden State. I mean, it's just that simple. They're just not deep enough. You can't put it all on one man either. Uh, Kevin Love at 27 points. Kyrie Irving had 19. Of course, that's your big three there, and that was it. Everybody else was a dud. Klay Thompson. He had a little slump going into game two, but he scored 22 points with four three-pointers. And, of course, he's known for his defense as well. He did his thing on the defensive side also. He had seven rebounds. And uh, the Warriors actually were 18 or 43 from downtown, three-point three point land. So Steve Kerr, from all indications, he will coach game three, I guess. Of course, a lot of emotions were running high uh, before the game with him coming back out. I thought Mike Brown did a nice job in his absence. So we'll see if uh, the momentum will shift as the game shifts to Cleveland. Game three will be Wednesday night at 9. Game four, Friday night at 9. and You can catch those games on ABC. Tristan Thompson, uh, by the way, scored his first points of the series in the first quarter. Cleveland shot 3 of 20 on threes in the first half, and 8 of 29 total. Um, another little tidbit, uh, the Warriors had their first 40-point quarter in the finals, and that was in the first quarter, since so scoring 41 in the first quarter of Game 6 in the 1967 uh, game against Philadelphia. Uh, Steph Curry's 10 first-quarter free throws matched the playoff record for made shots from the Free throw line in one quarter, and um, that also tied a record. Uh, Let's see. uh, That's going to be it for that one, for uh, game two, little tidbits there. But game three, it's a must win, of course, for Cleveland. They know that. I think Cleveland gets game three. I I think they do. But I think Golden State will bounce back in game four, and, of course, Golden State wins game four. I think that's it. I don't think they're going to let a three-one lead slip away like they did last year. I, I just don't see that. No, not happening. Not at all. No. It's Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Of course, how do you feel about it? Do you think Cleveland will come back and uh, take the series, or do you think Golden State may sweep? A lot of people saying sweep. Reach out tell me on Facebook and Twitter at Kevin Taylor ninety eight. I love to get uh, your thoughts on that. The Atlanta Falcons, of course, uh, they're in OTAs right now and. Uh, uh, they had to uh, step back for a couple of days last week as uh, they were fined for, you know, the excessive crowd noise as well as – not the excessive crowd noise, I'm sorry. Uh, they were going too physical, too physical uh, in OTAs last year. So the NFL cracked down on them and uh, had to fine them a couple of days this year. So they had to, a later start than usual. But they're getting all the work in. Dan Quinn is pleased uh, with what he's seeing so far, and he's saying that uh, – uh, you can tell what players are willing to put the work in into the weight room. So, of course, he definitely talks about being fast and physical, and that's one reason that uh, they were able to go to the Super Bowl last year. And Also, they pretty much put that, that uh, loss behind them and now getting ready for this upcoming season. So let's hear from Matt Ryan about how this season has worked out so far, well, season rather, has worked out so far with his new offensive coordinator, the system's
0: pretty much the same as it was before, uh, which is good. You know, we've got a lot of a lot of guys on our team who are back. Um, you know, who have a lot of experience in the system, who understand the rules, the scheme, the terminology really, really well. So uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of changes for us. I think Sark and, and some of the new coaches have probably had the biggest transition uh, in learning our system, but they've done a great job. I've really enjoyed working with uh, with Steve and uh, with Bush. those guys have done a great job the
1: first couple of weeks. I think so, too. And I think when you have the players that really know that system, and you can bring them in and, of course, spend time with them and, and, of course, get the playbook and just have that camaraderie, I think the Falcons will be clicking on all sliders again, going into training camp now next month. Can you believe that? It's June and training camp is about, what, six, seven weeks away? Wow. Preseason is about two months away. Good great <laughs> amazing This year's just blowing and just just steadily speeding right by we're almost at the halfway point of the year Man, it's gonna be Christmas after a while <laughs> but but uh, the Falcons I think will be be all right on offense defensively i I hope they do bring back the White freeney. I heard on local radio that uh they were saying that. Uh, they heard him on uh, Sirius XM satellite radio said that he was very optimistic about coming back. I hope that he does because Jack, uh McKinley, who is the Falcons' first-round draft pick, he's recovering from shoulder surgery, so he may not be able to contribute much in the preseason or maybe in the first half of the season, possibly. Uh, he's uh, back in L.A. Uh, getting uh, physical therapy for his uh, right shoulder that he had surgery on, but – um, if Dwight Freddie really could come in, he knows the system, be a mentor to Tech uh, McKinley, and also help Big Beasley again this season and help the Falcons get to the Super Bowl, why not? Why not? I mean, OTAs, uh, you know, even though it's organized team activities, but hopefully they can bring you in for training camp right around the corner and uh, see what they can still do maybe for another year. So it's just something to think about. So hopefully they can, but I think the Falcons will be back. Uh, they put the work in, they're dedicated, and uh, we'll see them again. Doing big things in 2017. It's t- it's Kevin Taylor with Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Of course, reach out to me anytime. I'm Kevin Taylor, you on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Kevin Taylor98. Coming up in the program, you're here from Hawks Owner, Tony Wrestler, as well as new general manager, Travis Schlick, and Malik Rose, who used to be in the Atlanta Hawks organization, but he's now the new general manager for the Erie Bayhawks. So We're going to talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. Atlanta Braves, we're going to shift gears now to baseball. They return home to start a new series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Phillies, they are fading fast in the National League East. I thought the Phillies would be more competitive than uh, what they have been. But the Braves take two out of three from Cincinnati over the weekend. What can you say about Mike Adams feeling in very well for Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman is under this evil list, probably won't return again until late July. Man, that's got to be devastating. I know it was for Freddie Freeman. He was hit by a pitch in the uh, Toronto series here in Atlanta, uh, fractured wrist, and uh, he was playing very well. Top leaders in the league in home runs and batting average, runs scored, I think, and to be hit by a pitch unbelievable but uh freddie hey they had they had a press conference for him he was upbeat and i know freddie's going to be back but um hopefully uh he can get back that same swing uh that he had before he got hurt but sometimes those injuries do take a while you you can maybe bounce back from from them right away but then again sometimes it takes a while so we'll see how freddie will uh, respond. But uh, make sure that you check out the Braves if you're in the Atlanta or Southeast area as a familiar face will be on the pregame and postgame coverage. Jeff, Jeff Francoeur, yeah, he's going to be as a part of the Fox Sports Southeast pregame and postgame programs as an analyst, and he's going to be doing it on select broadcast. Jeff Francoeur retired quietly after last season as he did not really get a lot of interest. From a lot of teams, or maybe any teams. uh Last season, he batted 254 with seven home runs and 34 RBIs, and just over 300 plate appearances with the Braves and Marlins. Now, he did finish his career, which he played 12 years, uh, with a batting average of 261, 160 home runs, and uh, he played with eight different teams. Uh, he was third in the rookie of the year, voting in 2005, and won a gold glove in 2007. And, of course, that's when he played with the Braves. So if you're going to be in the southeast area, I think uh, he's going to do a great job. He's always been a fan favorite, very attractive guy. So I know that uh, he's going to make the camera proud and uh, get local talent uh, right there on the Braves broadcast. So the Braves are back home, uh, like I said, after taking two out of three from Cincinnati. They're also getting ready for the uh, big MLB draft that's going to be taking place on Monday June 12th, so we'll see what the Braves take in that. I know John Capolella and uh, John Hahn are going to be fiercely <laughs> going over some draft boards and uh, talking to scouts and just making sure that everything is uh, uh, ready for them for when they make uh, their selection uh, on the 12th, but uh, the Braves, they are competitive, but they do have still a losing record, but uh, they are being more competitive, but they've got to you know, win games that they really should be winning. They're 24 and 30 right now, and uh, the Phillies are 19 and 35. Yeah, 19 and 35. So, the Braves should have a uh, good series here. Hopefully, they could at least maybe split the series or take three out of the four against Philadelphia. Uh, you know, but you never know. Until you actually get out there off the field and start playing, that's how it goes, but Bartolo Colon's got to get on track. He's two and six. He's going to get the start on Monday night against uh, Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta is zero and two with a five point one two ERA. He's twenty one strikeouts. Bartolo Colon, get this: six point nine nine ERA. He might as well he allows, he allows seven earned runs a game and only has thirty six strikeouts. Wow, that's not going to get it done. Your lineup for the Braves as we as we do this show on Monday, June fifth. Ender NCRT leads off. Brandon Phillips is your second-place hitter at second base. Nick Kick is hitting third. Matt Kemp, fourth. Matt Adams, big city since he's been acquired from uh, St. Louis. He's going to be fifth. Tyler Flowers doing very well at the catcher spot. He's sixth. Rio Reeves, he's going to be playing third base. He's going to hit seventh. Uh, Johan Carmargo, he's going to hit eighth and play shortstop. No Dennis be Swanson in this game. And Dennis Swanson is struggling the option Jace Peterson to win it, but a lot of people are like, Hey, why not uh Dance Swanson? Hey, you still got time on Dansby Swanson. You probably did need another year triple A, but uh they wanted, you know, me to come on up and let him have his growing pains now. So this is one of those times that he's probably gonna have that. But don't worry, don't worry, Dansby's gonna be fine. He's he's a young player, he's gonna be fine. So hey he gotta get through this. He will and it'll be just a distant memory. Uh, Bartolo Colon is, of course, pitching and hitting ninth for the Braves. So, like I said, the Braves return home, four game series. And uh, I think the Braves, of course, on this homestand, can get to 500. And I think it can be done. So, they have four with the Phillies Monday through Thursday, and then the weekend against the New York Mets. And the Mets have been struggling as well. So,. Ah, some winnable games here for the Braves this week, and hopefully they can get it done. And uh, I would love to see the Braves finish the season at least in second place, um, because the Washington Nationals are just playing very well, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to take them. The Braves are actually in second place, ten and a half games out, but behind the Nationals. The Nationals are thirty-five and twenty. Braves are thirty four and uh, I'm sorry twenty four and thirty. Marlins are twenty four and thirty one. The Mets are twenty four and thirty one. And the Phillies, like I said, are nineteen and thirty five. So, some wonderful games here coming up for the Braves. And hopefully, uh, the bullpen, when they get a lead, they can hold it as they uh, have a home stand here this week. All right, now shifting gears, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks made some front office moves uh, this past week they have brought in Travis Schlink. And when I told you, hopefully the Hawks will be there next season in the NBA finals, Travis Schlink was an assistant general manager for the Golden State Warriors. And he also helped with assembling the uh, team that they have on the court now. Of course, Kevin Durant came out to Golden State. They drafted Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Raymond Green. Jerry West made a very huge endorsement for the hiring of Travis Schlink. And so they were just beaming at the press conference last week. So I wanted to play for you the press conference from Tony West, uh, wrestler, the Hawks owner, and Travis Schlink as they outline now the future for the Atlanta Hawks as we go forward. Because Mike Miller resigned his position as president of basketball operations. He's going to be the head coach. Will Cox is, I think, now an advisor. So he stepped down from being general manager. So I'm going to play for you now, Tony Ressler and Travis Schlink, as we go forward now with the Atlanta Hawks basketball with the front office
2: move. Today we're here to formally introduce Travis Schlank as our general manager and head of basketball operations to the Atlanta community. Travis is a critically important part of what we're working very hard to accomplish here in Atlanta to bring and create, to bring a championship and create a championship caliber franchise. Travis is a high character person and an experienced leader. I'd like to highlight three of his background, three areas of his background, which are and were, if you will, of particular interest to us when we were doing our search. First, Travis held key leadership positions at Golden State. He was intimately involved in several key acquisitions and trades that helped form the team into what it is today. And as you can see from today and from today's Golden State Warriors, he truly comes with a championship pedigree. Second, Travis started at the very bottom of a basketball franchise. He was a video coordinator at the Miami Heat before moving to a video scout then an assistant coach, and ultimately as director of player personnel for the Warriors. He has deep, full-range experience in basketball operations, understands what a quality franchise has to be. Third, and maybe most importantly, we're convinced that Travis is an extraordinary collaborator. He leverages and will leverage our great basketball operations, and great coaching staff. No one person can do it alone, and we want a team that works hard both on and off the court. Right now, as a reputation, many people come to play for the Hawks and know that they will get better playing for Coach Bud. Soon, they will come to play for a championship. As I've mentioned previously, Our ownership group is committed to providing the resources required to achieve these goals. During the interview process, Travis mentioned how he appreciated what this franchise has done in just two short years to become more player friendly. A new practice facility in partnership with Emory has state-of-the-art medical staff and equipment, as well as rehab facilities, and will help this process a great deal. Our D-league franchise starting this year before moving to a new facility in College Park will help as well. So please understand we're trying to do everything we can to move the Atlanta Hawks to that next level. Travis Slank is an incredibly important part of that process. With that I'd like to introduce you to our new general manager. We're excited to have him. I think you guys will be soon as well. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tony. Um, the success that we had in Golden State started with great ownership. Going through this process, the interview process, getting to know Tony, uh, spending time with Jamie, the minority owners, Grant, Steven, and Rick, I felt the passion they have for this franchise not only the franchise, but the community of Atlanta, Uh, as Tony just mentioned, the resources they're putting in with the new practice facility, the D-League team, uh, the renovation they're gonna be doing to the arena here, and then also for the community, the redevelopment they're gonna be planning downtown. You can sense where they wanna take this organization, and that was a really big part of me wanting to come here and be a part of that. So Tony, thank you for allowing me to be a part of that. First off, uh, I need to thank my wife. Uh, my wife is the backbone of our family. I've got three young kids, and without her keeping it together at home, I wouldn't be sitting here today um, she's She's been there from day one with me, so I really need to need to make sure that I thank her. so we got that out of the way. <laughs> You can never go wrong starting. (laughs) Yeah, as I've learned many times. (laughs) No, she couldn't be here today. My kids are still in school back in California, but uh, I know they're watching. So, just want to let them know that without them, I wouldn't be here. Then I've been unbelievably fortunate in the past to work with some of the best people in the NBA. Starting as an intern with the Orlando Magic uh, when. Chuck Daly, John Gabriel were the head coach and general manager. And being able to learn from those guys was a great stepping stone. Then, as Tony mentioned, I worked in Miami. Pat Riley was the patriarch of that franchise, obviously. But the other coaches that were there, Stan Van Gundy, Jeff Bezdelic, Mark Arboroni, and obviously Eric Spolstra, all those guys have gone on to be head coaches in the NBA and to be able to spend time with them and learn from, from them was very important to my upbringing in the NBA. And then obviously in Golden State, we had Don Nelson, Chris Mullen, and then the current group we have now, Joe Lacob and Peter Guber, Bob Myers, uh, Larry Riley in the beginning. And then obviously Jerry West, as you guys know, he's, he's someone that uh, I've come to grow very close to, and obviously his legacy speaks for itself. Now it's time to get to work. You know, we're here day one. We've got the draft coming up in a little under three weeks. We got free agency. Free agency falling right after that. Now it's time to get with Coach Bud and his staff, the basketball operations staff we have here in place, and we're going to start working, putting together a plan for the future. Uh, it's same for every team this time of year. We we ha- we have the draft every year. We have free agency every year. So this is going to be the process moving forward, but being new here. It's time to bunker down with these guys for the next three weeks and get to work so we can make these decisions. What I can tell you today is the philosophy we're going to have moving forward. As Tony mentioned earlier, we're going to be player friendly. Uh, I feel like we've got a great base for that. We're going to continue that. We're going to not only make this a place players want to come, but their families still a part of the community as well. And that's going to be a big part of what the Hawks basketball organization is going to be moving forward. We're going to be extremely communicative from the top down, from ownership all the way to the bottom of basketball operations. Everyone's going to know what our goal is, they're going to know how they fit into that goal, and we're all going to be pulling on the rope in the same direction, so to speak. As Tony mentioned, I'm a very inclusive person, so everybody's going to be involved. Uh, I, I accept ideas from everyone. I'm not someone that's going to sit in a room by themselves and think they have all the answers. We're going to be inclusive. We're going to work together, and we're going to come to the best decisions that we can make. Finally, we want to build a championship-quality team that's sustainable. We want to be in the conversation every year of a franchise that can compete for a championship. So that's going to be our end game.
1: All right. That was General Manager Travis Slake. And before that, that was Hawks owner 20 wrestler about their vision for the Hawks going forward, and uh, he wants to bring a championship to Atlanta. So it's already started now, the process, and of course with the NBA draft coming up, that'll be his first task as the Hawks general manager. So Travis Schlink, welcome to Atlanta, and I hope that uh, the Hawks are very competitive going forward, and uh, the process on the court will be one that fans will love, and we can get to the NBA finals hopefully next year. Now, Malik Rose used to be in the Atlanta Hawks organization. And he's now the general manager for the Erie BayHawks, and let's hear from him about what the partnership with Erie now means for the Hawks. Just like Tony Wrestler mentioned in his.
0: The growth of the league over the years. NBA teams are taking a serious, serious approach to owning these league teams, and in Atlanta, I know for. Our own G League team. It's the D League right now, but in a few months it's going to be the G League. So I'm starting to practice perfectly on that now. But um, just as the, to be able to have your own dedicated training grounds, not just for players, but for coaches, for our medical staff, for our PR people. This is the hawk off- dedicated training ground for everything we want to do and as I said as I said earlier the Hawks are one of the you know the more successful franchises in the NBA we have 10 consecutive years of making it to the playoffs and we're trying to we're not trying we're going to bring that environment and that culture of winning here to Erie and a lot of people are going to benefit um, you know from like I said players trainers doctors uh, PR people and the people of Erie because people of Erie are going to be able to
1: I think Malik Rose is the right man to do that in that Erie area. It's Taylor Bates Sports with Kevin Taylor. Of course, anytime that you want to reach out to me, do so on Facebook and Twitter at Kevin Taylor ninety eight, as well as see all the pictures and videos that I put up as well on Facebook and Twitter. Also, all right. Well, before we wrap up the program, we're going to talk about the uh, Georgia Swarm their the uh, Lacrosse Championship, and uh, they're doing very well. They've got a one-game-to-none lead in the championship, and uh, they took the first game of the NLL Champions Cup where they come from behind win, and that was because of a seven-goal run in the second half to beat Saskatchewan. The rush were 14-7 to uh, with an 18-14 to victory. Now, the game was broadcast live on Twitter, with over 7,000 fans at the Harris uh, Harris Cherokee Casino Field at in- 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 Infinite Energy Arena. Let's try that again. It was broadcast live on Twitter with just over 7,000 fans at Harris Cherokee Casino Field at Infinite Energy Arena. That's in Duluth, just north of Atlanta, and uh, they watched the Swarm, uh, Hans- Saskatchewan's first loss of the postseason, as a matter of fact, and got a treat with a performance from three-time Grammy, Grammy Award-winning artists, and Atlanta native ludicrous. So now Georgia will travel to Saskatchewan to take on the Rush at uh, their arena and try to finish the uh, uh, the championship with the cup and win on the road. Faceoff is set for uh, 9.30. So uh, they want to try to be able to uh, uh, go up to uh, Canada and try to get a win and uh, make sure that uh, they can come back uh, uh with uh, the uh, championship cup. Uh if game three is needed it will take place uh back in Duluth on Sunday, June eighteenth, and um that will be set for five oh five. So uh, coming up will be uh, game two this week. So um make sure that uh, you check me out on Facebook or Twitter and I will get you the uh time that um that will occur. So uh right now Georgia is up one game tonight in that best-of-three series. So a lot of fun there for the uh, Georgia Swarm, no doubt. All right, and the Atlanta Dream, we can't forget about them uh, before we close close the program out. They're um, 4-2 on the season. They took a tough loss on Sunday to Washington. But uh, some good news for the Dream is Tiffany Hayes, she was actually this past week named the WNBA Eastern Conference Player for the Month of May. How about that? Hayes earned her first player of the month uh, title by averaging just under 20 points per game. Tied for the best in the WNBA with Washington's Ella Elena Della Dunn. And Hayes, of course, is a six-year veteran. Uh, she's averaged five rebounds and just under two assists and just over still a game in May. Uh, Hayes had 24 points in Sunday's loss to Washington as the uh, Dream lost 78-72 to 72 in Washington. So uh, Sylvia Fowles of the May, of Minnesota Lynx was named the WNBA Western Conference Player of the Month as well. So also Dream Guard uh, Lashina, uh, uh Clarendon, she won the WNBA Player of the Week honors for her performance of, uh, during the month of May as well uh, between the 21st and 31st. And uh, she was a finalist for the Player of the Week along with Adela Dunn, And so, uh, congratulations to uh, both of them. Um, Actually, uh, uh, Lashia Clarendon for her previous win of the Player of the Week honors. So, uh, congratulations to them both. And the Dream, like I said, they're four and two. They they have some uh, pretty uh, stiff competition here coming up as well. So uh, the letter Dream doing their thing. Uh, Michael Cooper's got these young lady pl- young ladies playing pretty well to start the season. And let's see, let's see if they can keep it up. Hopefully they can. So uh, let's check out the Dream's uh, upcoming schedule. And uh, let's see the Dream they have coming up. Uh, let's see, they're going to be at New York on the seventh, which will be this coming Wednesday at 11 a.m. And on uh, Saturday, they're going to be in Connecticut at 7 p.m. against the sun. So make sure that uh, you check out the Dream this week as they're on the road. Uh, so hopefully they can uh, uh, get two wins there. But they're 4-2 second in the Eastern Conference. That's going to do it for this edition of Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, As I always tell you, never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until the next time I join you, my friends, I'm out.